Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Free Press Sports with Carlson and Sean. Uh, we have a little bit to talk about today. Uh, I thought it was going to be all Lions, and it's going to be mostly Lions. But there was some news out of the harbor last night, whatever night that Out of L.A., really. Yeah, I guess it's now out of L.A. Yeah, L.A. can have Jim Harbaugh. He's their problem now, right? He's, he's an L.A. guy. Yeah, he, he's got, he, he did coach there. Well, it was San Diego, actually. Close enough. Yeah. yeah he, 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 to you, it's all the same. I'm right? from Phoenix, so yeah. It's one big, one big huge area. <laughs> All right, we've, yeah, look, we're going to get into the 49ers and Lions matchup with Mr. Tyler game this Sunday out in San Francisco. Excuse me, Santa Clara, California. Hey, you know, at the AP, we're, we're, the AP is a stickler for datelines, and we're going to we're gonna go ahead and say where the actual stadium is. Is that okay with you? Nobody knows where Santa Clara is, but sure, yeah, Santa Clara. Okay, we're not going to worry about facts and this half of the podcast over here. We'll, we'll get to that. But just your initial thoughts on on Jim Harwell leaving the University of Michigan, you know, month after he wins the national championship, less than a month probably, a few weeks after he wins the national championship, taking the job uh, as head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, I mean, he was, you know, this this seemed like it was always going to happen, right? At some point, even if it wasn't this year, maybe down the road, you know, that relationship was complicated with the university. Like um, ours. Uh, uh, yeah, well, we don't have one with the university. With our, you mean you and me? You complicated. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. complicated. Yeah. You know, and, you know, what, what we kept hearing is that he really wants to try to, you know, not be the little brother anymore and matches his older brother John and get a Super Bowl and he made a joke about I can be at the adults table now because he got his first title. You know, he's a competitive guy. It makes sense. There's a lot of stuff potentially coming down the pike at Michigan. And, you know, overall, I think he just, you know, it's been a, it's been a, it hasn't been the easiest, smoothest ride at Michigan in nine years for him, even though it ultimately gave him a lot of credit, got to the top there, won it. And now he's, you know, on to, on to something else. And sometimes that's, you, you can't tell what's in somebody's heart, but obviously, you know, being wanted, being being courted, being wooed. And maybe this is ultimately, you know, he gets to focus on football. He doesn't have to worry about fundraising and donors and administrators and presidents and now athletic director, all this stuff, right? He, he gets to do the business of what he does, his football, not having to worry about the extracurricular stuff and the NIL. So what makes sense in a lot of ways, it's unfortunate because, you know, we just didn't get a, we didn't get to enjoy the national championship. The the, the fans didn't get to enjoy the national championship because right away it was on. You know, it seemed like he was on the the interview circuit. So you'd always just felt like, is he staying? Is he going? And now we have our answer. And were you surprised by it, or what, what were your thoughts about this? No, I'm not surprised by it at all. I mean, and I don't think he was running from anything. He he wanted to go to Minnesota two years ago. They just didn't want him. He didn't he didn't do very well in the interview. And it was he just made his first college football playoff at that point. Wouldn't try to run anything from them. He's always wanted to do this. You know, it's like, to, I remember when, when John. But he also, don't forget, that was the year where he was asked to take the pay cut. And then he redeemed himself. And he's like, I'm going to show you. Yeah, but the, no, the year before, he came from the NFL. I just, I don't understand why we act like, it's like when John Beeline left. People were shocked. They had an idea. He's a coach. 
he, he was an innovative coach, and in particular carry coach. He wanted to see if it would work at the at the highest level, and that's and that's how most of these guys are, right? I mean, you know, it, 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 look, I understand Nick Saban. We, we, we're going to always think of him, Alabama. I know he wanted title at LSU, and he's a classic college coach. College coach. There's no way he would have gone to Alabama if he'd succeeded in Miami. Right. He, he wanted he who wanted to be an NFL coach, right? I mean, that was his ultimate dream. He went back. He realized maybe it was better for him in college. Maybe Harbaugh will do that, but I doubt it. He was 44-19 in San Francisco or whatever it was. You know, and, and I wrote about this, and, and you know, we each wrote about it, and, and I wrote about it. Mike called me, yeah, it's football. It's pure football now. Yeah. That's what it did. None of the other extra you – know, maybe you have to go make an appearance here or there or whatever in the community. Oh, yeah. but, but minimal compared to meeting with boosters and – and then not to mention, yeah, the recruiting, the NIL, the portal, all the transfer portal, all that kind of stuff. He wants to go see if what he's learned to this point, because he's changed a lot. He still fundamentally runs a program the way he's going to run a program, but he's evolved and adapted a lot. And he's a very curious soul, which I've always felt was sort of underrated about him. He's constantly changing. He brought in a, an older uh, high school coach a few years ago as sort of a mentor and counselor who said, hey, you know, okay, this guy's doing this over there. Why don't you go tell him he's doing a good job? Or this guy, don't know, he doesn't, he's not going to have, whatever. He's, he was open. I mean, all this success, and he brings a guy that says, help me communicate better. So he's, and I, and I wrote this too, he's, he's got an ego. We all have egos, but he never had that kind of ego. He was never too proud to say, hey, I need help. Right. Yeah. And I think that makes him a great coach. Absolutely. I think that's Dan Campbell's got some of that in him. Absolutely. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. No, absolutely. And that's that's one thing you can always say about Harbaugh is, you know, he's he's trying to get any advantage you can, and that includes introspection and knowing what are what are your weaknesses? How can I get better here? You know, how can I attack this day with enthusiasm, unknown <laughs> to mankind, all that stuff? And that that is really him. I mean, he he is a great coach for that reason. I think that's why it will translate to the NFL because he's the NFL and college are 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 different animals okay it's just there's just a different level of commitment professionalism and you know and and but he's like you like you said he's been there before got to the super bowl you know got the most out of colin kaepernick you know went through learned something about probably the, the quarterback you know battle or whatever it was going through different guys Probably, maybe he learned something about working with management, working with a general manager, working with ownership. There's a different complexity there than it, it's 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 complex. It's different than college, and sometimes one suits you better than the other, right? So, I would expect him to to have success with the Chargers. The question is, the Chargers. I've always just said that I don't like the Chargers because just they have historically not had a very good. Oh, well, you don't like anything. Strength. So what? So how is that any different? No, no, no. I like your I like your column, Sean. That's you, like. Like, you didn't even read my column. You said you. I don't have time. There's you know how much stuff is on Flip.com right now. It's like a it's I know like an avalanche. Like. I know. I haven't read my stuff. But I like sweet and sour chicken. You brought it in today. You're not Lamar for lunch. It looked like, <laughs> look good. Yeah, it was. I, I like. It, it wasn't my choice, but it was leftover, and I so I have. I, I'm a team guy, Sean. I you, you are a team guy. Just like Jim Harbaugh is a team he's guy. He's just a naked team guy. He's a good guy. You know what I mean? He, I found out today why he got into sports writing. 
which was kind of fun. You know, you liked watching the sports reporters back in the late 80s, early 90s. And the, so it had nothing to do with sports. It was like, oh, these guys are on TV having fun. And they have <laughs> the sports and, reporters are not and, about sports. And, and they have opinions <laughs> or whatever, you know what I mean? So but no, he, he wanted to go do that and, and or the or the the writing part of it. And it was romantic. I think you're kind of romantic at, at art a little bit, aren't you? Oh, absolutely. You're totally romantic. Well, so you know, I, I I sort of am, even though it doesn't maybe ever look like that, but uh I have it in my heart. No. Last, last, last thoughts on Harbaugh. I mean, we, we, look, we, we can talk about Michigan in two seconds in a second, but just last thoughts on Harbaugh. I, I understand he can be difficult and quirky, eccentric, whatever, and he was stubborn and and he was arrogant at times, but to the right people, you know, that whole phrase "Who's got it better than us?" is an admission that you're sort of arrogant, right, and that you're you're kind of least. So he leaned into the idea that Michigan was one of the best schools in the country. And and when he was winning, you know, this fan base, the alums and the fans of the school who weren't alums, they loved him. They loved him for right. It represented something. Yeah. And and he knew it was going to upset people. He he never worried about any of that. He yeah. he's very. It's it's interesting because he's he can be not I'm not saying he has blinders because I think he's too curious for that. He can be stubborn, but he's also really self aware in. In a couple of key, in a couple of key, in some ways, in a couple of key ways that really matter that allow him to do and be the coach that he is. You have to have a little bit of self awareness, which is why he constantly brings in people from the outside to try to, yeah. to try and and new ideas. It's like, hey, you know, I, I need help with this. That's where the self awareness is to me. Yeah, how he plays in front of a podium, who knows? I, I don't, I don't think he worries about that too much, and we'll see how that works in the NFL. He wore out his welcome to San Francisco, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And that's that, that's the question is whether he can whether he can navigate, you know, the, the the challenges of the NFL. And let's be honest. I mean, even though what was it? I mean, nine years of Michigan. So 10 years ago, he was coaching. Right. Nine, 10 years ago, whatever. I mean, the world has changed. People have changed. Players have changed. Social media. You know, we had Matthew Stafford's wife complaining and, you know, that Stafford's 35 and that. The kids in the locker room are constantly down looking into their phones or not, you know, connecting with their teammates. That's going to be I mean, because he's coming from college, he probably understands that a little bit more the, the youthful mentality. But it's just a different landscape right now. People are have their brands that players do all the pressures of, you know, being in that market, by the way. And already the ran the f- football is the, the, not the prominent sport there. And the Rams are the prominent team. So you're the second banana there at, in that in your own stadium. The Chargers just don't really have that following. And so it's going to be a challenge for him. And I think there'll be the novelty will be nice. I already got a, got a text from a, from a reporter out there in L.A. wondering, oh, here we go. I got to got to buckle up <laughs> the Harbaugh era. You know, it's, it sounds like it's going to be challenging, but maybe fun and and it's different, you know, and then they and, and you know, in college also you talk twice a week, you know, and in the NFL, you talk what four times a week, five times a week as a head coach. The pressures are different. And does he know football? Yes. Can he navigate within that landscape within a organization that is going to be expecting a, a lot that's never really done much? They really are looking at this guy probably as a transformative coach who can get us to the Super Bowl, who can who can continue this winning. But it doesn't happen right away. And so how does he work with his general manager? How does he work with the different pressures? You know, it, it'll be an interesting ride, but but it's 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 going to be tough to 
not have him in Michigan where I think he was always destined to be. Yeah, I don't I don't feel that way. I never I, I mean, I understand the connection. I felt like he came back to re- restore the program and then he was going to move. I mean, I always felt that it's just how he's been mm-hmm. moved. You know, he's just he always wants the next challenge, the next competition, as you as you mentioned earlier, how competitive he was. I just never felt like he was going to be a lifer, that he was going to be Tom Izzo or or even Bo Schembechler. You know, I think for this generation, he'll be remembered more fondly than Schembechler. I mean, anybody under 40, right? I mean, one Well, the Schembechler, the legacy is complicated now. Yes. It's complicated. No, that he would have never won, even before that, even before that stuff with with Dr. Anderson, he never won a national title, right? So that was was always kind of... True, you know, and it's funny. And 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 speaking of complications, and I don't want to go down this tangent very far at all. But just I've I've always been because I live in Ann Arbor, and I've been around there. I uh, married into a family that has been around Ann Arbor for seventy years, and I never. uh, It's always been interesting Schembecker's legacy in Ann Arbor because it's such a progressive countercultural town, and Schembecker represented Mm -hmm. the the establishment. And there were a lot of folks in town that weren't that never cared for Schembecker at all because of what he represented going back into the late sixties. And, uh, and you but know, which coach was different back? They were all the same back. No, then. no, but, Hayes, it doesn't matter no, for sure. But, but yeah. Columbus wasn't the the <laughs> protesting hotbed that Ann, Ann Arbor was. True. I mean, there's the the SDS, the students Democrat. Uh, the, yeah, the SDS that. You know, the Big Lebowski was joking about, uh, and or Jeff Richards was joking about the Big Lebowski. I mean, right. So there were these sort of iconic liberal hippie movement and sure. here and here was this coach there was always tension there and Harvard never had to deal with any of that I don't know how we got off of that but it just made me you were just talking about the same back his legacy Harvard's legacy is set with this generation he won a title and he can move on and good for him we'll see we'll, we'll see if he has any success it'll be interesting to see yeah yeah, yeah no 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 for sure it's uh, he's never boring alright let's uh, take a quick break and we're gonna come back and talk I, I don't know there's a football game coming up Sunday's kind of Kind of a big one. Yeah, Chiefs-Ravens. It'll be cool. Chiefs-Ravens. Can't wait. We'll be right back with more Free Press Sports with Carlson Show. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Free Press Sports with Carlson Sean. All right, let's talk about the 49ers of San Francisco, not Santa Clara. And the lines of Detroit, not uh, Toledo. That uh, it's about the it's about the or Portsmouth. How about the, how about the Inglewood Rams and the Inglewood Chargers then? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they did play in Inglewood, didn't they? <laughs> and the Lakers. Inglewood used to, Lakers used absolutely to used to play in Inglewood, right? Inglewood That's form. not technically not technically Los Angeles. No, it's not. Well, what about the uh, Pontiac Lions? <laughs> <laughs> you can just see the the listeners just like clicking off right yeah. now. No, sorry. All right, all right. What are we talking about? Oh, Lions 49ers, NFC yeah. title game yeah. Sunday. We listened to Dan Campbell speak. We listened to Ben Johnson speak. We listened to Aaron Glenn speak. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily in that order. 
they seem, especially Campbell, maybe it's just public and he's trying to instill faith in his team in every way, you know, when he's speaking to us because he knows some of them pay attention. But he's, he's, they got some confidence, don't they? I mean, let's just start there before yeah. we talk about any of the matchups. They got, they got some confidence. He's got faith, doesn't he? There, there's some belief that they're not just going out there, that they actually think they can win. Absolutely. How do you not? You won two games, two playoff games. You beat a pretty good defensive team, uh, a hot team, both the Rams and the the Bucks. Yeah, you should have a lot of confidence. And the 49ers are not a perfect team. I mean, you got Mr. Irrelevant throwing the ball, and he was having trouble with it in the rain last week. So, you know, this isn't this isn't the you know whatever peak or uh, Patriots team or the seventy two Dolphins or whatever. It's I mean this is they'd be a little slow, uh, probably like, slow. Well, especially right now, be like eight years older. Larry Zonka probably wouldn't even get on the field. He's so slow, slow right yeah. <laughs> at this point. Eighty eight, eighty nine. No, no. Uh, yeah, so that, that it's not an unbeatable team. Do the 49ers have great talent and a pretty sizable advantage playing at home? And you know, I, I think so. I think that they'll they, they do have the advantage here. I mean, they're six and a half, seven point favor. It's not that that means that much, but it's basically people really thinking they're going to win this game handily. But the Lions have, I mean, the one thing with the biggest thing with the Lions to me is their defense has played better. They, they've really Aaron Glenn and they, they've really done a good job of dialing up the blitzes and it's not sacking the quarterback, putting more pressure on the quarterback. And Baker Mayfield, they're not the same, but he, Brock Purdy reminds me a little bit of break, Baker Mayfield. He can move around a little bit. But they also ask Brock Purdy to do kind of the right thing and not have to do that too much and use his playmakers and get the ball to the to the McCaffrey's and the Debo Samuels and the George Kittles and all that. So, you know, it's it's they they are, as you said, they're playing. They're, they're confident right now. They've been playing with confidence. They have all the reason to be confident. So this gives them this gives them a chance. I, there's there's this game can go any way, but the Lions right now have a lot of confidence. And if you want to argue the other point, the other side of it is the 49ers got scared by almost losing to the to the Packers, the seven seeded Packers, who were obviously playing well, you know. But they playing at home against the seven seed. I mean, they 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 really shouldn't have been in that game, and some weird things happened in that game, but still. You know, and the Predators had a little bit of a layoff, but I think they got a little bit scared. Matt sometimes wakes you up, but this should be a, a very good game, I think. I, I think so. By the way, I, I came in here, for folks who obviously can't see us, we're in Allen Park in a recording booth. We used to record videos with the great Dave Burkett in here a long time ago. I don't know who that is. But yeah, yeah we, we don't know who that is anymore. He's busy. Who knows what he's doing? Talking to scouts or something. I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, it's all for you, though. I mean, that's what he's doing. It's, it's, yes. all, it's all for you. It's all for the, the listener, the reader. No, he's he's, he's doing a, a great, great job. But I came into this room all ready to, to argue with you and go back and forth with you. And, and I don't even remember why. Maybe it has something to do with Harbaugh and you thought he should stay. I don't know. I thought there was going to be a line topic we were going to argue about, but I, I don't know that we, we even have that. What is wrong with us? I uh, have you wriggling in the crushing grip of reason once again. There's no way out. So you you just have to agree with me. I'm right again. The crushing grip of reason. I just pat himself on the back. That's a that, that's not a sincere pat on the back, though. That's, that's more of a mocking pat on the back. And I want to get Carl to the point where he sincerely pats himself on the back and it feels like he 
deserves his own pat on the back. That's that, that's oh, that feels so good. That's where, oh. we're, that's where we're trying to get try to get Carl. So hopefully they might pick up that sound effect of my hand on your nice corduroy shirt. By the way, no, there's still part of me. I don't know about you, Carl. So I come down here and have the last few days, and it's still a little strange that they're in the the NFC title game. It's it's it just it didn't come out of nowhere. It's been almost three years in the making. They, the Campbell's talked about that, right? We saw last year they need to finish all of it. But it does feel like it came out of nowhere, even though it did not. It's it's, a, it's something your brain's trying to square a little bit. And I think that that sort of disbelief combined with giddiness, combined with just the anticipation is is what you've, every we can feel it all over metropolitan Detroit, right? You, everywhere you go in your mind. So I've, I've been going into a few stores lately where you walk in and there's a rack of Lions shirts for sale at a place that would never sell, that doesn't even sell clothing, yeah. right? Let alone, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just, that's when you know, right? You just, yeah. everywhere you go, you see hollow blue with lights mm-hmm. and it's, that's different too, right? I mean, you haven't seen anything like this, obviously, in your time here. No, I mean, there, there's there been definitely the times where they've been in the playoffs and, you know, returned to the playoffs after a long layoff. I think during the Schwartz era, they did that, especially coming off 0-16. So there was a lot more hope. And there was, that, you know, that that's what I probably liken this the most to is there was finally some hope. And they had Stafford and they had Calvin and they had Sue. And, and they were young, relatively, right? Yeah, relatively young. <clears throat> and, you know, that that's, I think, what I remember most this feeling like. But, yeah, getting to... One step away from the Super Bowl. And by the way, we're right now, I'll tell you, we're in this main room. There's like, you know, whatever, 40, 50 people out there. Everybody's looking at Las Vegas flights right now. They're all figuring if they win. We have to book our, t- our stuff kind of early and figure out where we're staying and all. Uh, there's this sort of logistical thing that we have to go through for road games. The Super Bowl's different. We've never... Like Burkett goes there every year, no matter if Lions win or lose. Um, but he's Mitch not, Allen goes there once. But he's not fighting thousands of other Detroiters right. trying to get yes. there. Yes, and that's the thing with us. And you mentioned about the plane and all that. And that's that's it's that's what's different about this. The schedule is different for the media. There's just a lot of little different things that when you get to the championship round, things change. So that's why probably it feels a little bit different too. Now. I mean, you know, we've seen this since since halfway through last year to this year. We saw the team tracking toward this kind of performance. Did anybody predict that the Lions were going to get to the NFC title game, I think, in their preseason predictions? I, I don't think so. No. I didn't. I thought they'd get to the playoffs. I didn't. I don't know. I did. I think I might have predicted they win the division because I think the Vikings were lucky last year to get there. So... You know, the, we, we saw them having some success. I remember the first, and it's it's hard to point to one, to pinpoint one specific. You know, sometimes you get, hey, what did you know someone's going to try out or whatever. I, I just in terms of Carl's his sort of metamorphosis transformation from whatever that was you were doing before. I remember early last year in the football season, and they were one in three or one in four, maybe I know they start off one and one six, and six you know. but they were somewhere in there, one and four, maybe one and five. Maybe it was one and six game. I don't remember. You wrote a column saying they're not as bad as this record. Right. And, hey, it, it, we're, we're watching something different. I know the wins and losses aren't showing up, but this is different. Give it time. Let's see what happens. And I remember being, whoa, that was, that was impressive. Yeah. You were right. 
course, and, as um, usual. Yeah. And you wanted to, yeah, you want you wanted to write about what was before you. You you looked deep and you saw it, and then you let it all out. And it's funny how that's always stuck with me. No, no, but seriously, they were they were one and six. And and I remember you and I looking at each other or talking to sitting in some of those games, thinking, yeah, that's just different. There's something that's different here, and and it was hard to say that. I mean, we both wrote it actually, but. And I remember both of us got mocked. I'm not trying to say I told you so. That's not what I mean. But but you've seen that. And this is sort of the culmination, although Campbell's very uh, adamant that this is just the beginning. Yeah. Well, it's the beginning of maybe this level of winning. But, I mean, I, I wrote this when they were 3 and 13, that there was something different about what they were doing. The At the end of that year, right? At the end of that year. Through that year, I could see it. You could see it, even because they, were, they weren't losing by a lot. And what they, if you listen to the coaches, you know, and we have to sit here and listen to the, all the stuff. And, and a lot of times over the years, you know, covering football, whatever, some of it just turns into coach speak. We just got to be tougher and more sound and assignment sound, blah, blah, blah. It's just kind of the same thing over and over again. Like, okay, yeah, sure. That you can read every week. But what Campbell was saying and, and Aaron Glenn, Brad Holmes, you know, Brent Johnson wasn't they'll see the first half of that first year, but you could kind of see that there was a little bit, they were they were taking a little bit of a different approach. Campbell's a different coach. And the way that they were they were making gains that first year, and then certainly this second year, or the second year that they started one and six, that was that was all the defense really. The offense was holding up its part, its end of the bargain, you know, for the most great greatly for the most part. And so you could see there's just there's something here. The defense has to be fixed and it got fixed. So there was there there. This is what I think what gave me, you know, the confidence to say that this the records and always there. We've talked about this before in golf. There's something called being ball bound when you're practicing, and it's a difference between having good technique but not a good result. But you know, this is a good technique. Maybe the ball didn't go exactly where I wanted to, but I had a I felt good. I felt like you hit the ball well. You know, whereas you can chunk a shot or, or blade it. And it goes straight and it goes 150 and like, oh, that's a good result. Well, that's not repeatable. That's not, that's a fluky thing. So you don't want that. You don't want to be ball bound. You want to be technique bound. I, I don't know whether to faint or to cry or to maybe just go check myself into the hospital. You just talked sports. You just actually talked about sports. Thank you. That's amazing. Wait a minute. Are we supposed to? That's amazing what you just did. You that was great. And that's that's a great analogy, by the way. And I, I forget sometimes how much you love golf and know about golf, but but that was that was yeah. I appreciate that, that coming from really, a from a former features guy. That's really that's nice great. that that you you laid that out there. You know, that that was really I'm sorry. I'm sorry, listener. I'm I'm shocked. But let me let me let me so let I'm me having a moment here. Let me try to be a professional and, and and pull this back together. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. So absolutely. That, well, what we're seeing, the reason they're in this game Sunday is I, I take it back to I mean you you can go back to when they took over, obviously, but I take it back to this the, the end of the first year. When they were 0-10 and one and they didn't quit. They kept playing yeah. and they won three out of the next whatever it was, four or five, I don't know. And they didn't have near as much talent on that team. As they do now, but but I remember thinking, and I think you and I probably even talked about this back then that that that, that was different. The way they finished that season after starting off 0-10 ten and one, yeah, that was a little yeah, like okay, the way they're getting these guys to play, that says them. Now we didn't know that they were going to keep finding the talent and making the moves and the developing the talent and all that. You know, we we really had yeah. no idea. But the fundamental thing, 
the Campbell effect was in, was right there before us at the right. end of that first year. Right. That's that's him. That's him. Absolutely. That, that's him. And and I think that in back to this Sunday, that's what gives him a chance. I mean, hey, yes, Ben Johnson's a fabulous offensive coordinator. Aaron Glenn is a really good defensive coordinator who's figured out how to overcome some of the talent gaps on on the defense, right? They and they and they started to make plays at the end of the games. They're not a dominant defense, but they've. To me, they're kind of an opportun- opportunistic defense. Right. And the blitzing has really helped, especially from Melifon and Branch. Those two guys seem to have a knack for it. And, they, you know, they disguise it well. And Aiden they, Hutchinson really helps. You know. He's been, he's been, no, he's been playing his best ball since he, he got here last year. So, yeah, no, for sure. And their talent offensively, offensively, they're loaded all over the place. Skill players, offensive line, gospel, the best ball he's ever played, all of that. So, no, for sure. But fundamentally to me, Carlos, what gives them a chance is is Campbell and what he's instilled in them. And and they, they buy it, man. And who knows? I have no idea what's going to happen. Maybe you do. And obviously you are the talent, and they're not even in the game. But 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 Campbell gives them a chance to go, <laughs> I think, shock some people. Oh, to, yeah. to the debt, to the, would, would you, would you would be what if they win? I would be, I would be... You would mildly surprised for two weeks. I haven't shaved for two weeks. You'd be so tired. You wouldn't shave. I I would be mildly surprised, but not that surprised. I mean, you know, some of these. When you get into the, I mean, unless someone lucks it. I mean, if it had been, let's just say, if the Packers had beaten the 49ers and the Packers beat the Lions in the NFC title game here, that would be a big surprise and almost a shock to people if they did that. But but here, you know, the number one seed against the number three seed, you know, I I, I don't think this is going to be a shocker either way. No, um, and they could have been the number two seed if they'd gotten a, a better break in Dallas, right? So, right. So, yeah, no, in, in that way, in the records, you know, they kind of, you know, they're, they're not a, they're not a Cinderella story. And, you know, you no. think about San Francisco and where they're strong, they're obviously the great linebackers, great, great linebackers, and they get around, and that's going to be, you know, a challenge for Sam Laporta. For sure. Their defensive line is really good. They get good tackles, their athletic tackles, and their ends are, I mean, you know, Bose is the Bose is the star, right? Yeah. Chase Young hasn't quite given on the production that they've been waiting for, but but they think, okay, well, who are they going up against? Well, <laughs> Bose and Young have got to get through Decker and Benet Sewell. Right. Right. Sewell is every bit as talented in his spot as Bose is in his. And we don't we don't think about these lines yet that way, but they do have some dudes. Yeah. We we need to kind of get used to that idea, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they got four all pro guys. That's not a it's not all two first team all pros. It's and two second team all pros, which is right. no, no, that's how they do. There's no third team all pros, just the first two. You can't just diminish that. That's you know, pro football reference. I mean, that's when you and you and that goes into pro, Hall of Fame, though, and they don't look at second team all pros, first team all pros, what counts. It's the best of the best, not the best of the second best or whatever. But yes, excellent players, of course. You know, the Lions have them as well. Jurgoff kind of had fun with that yesterday. Someone asked him a question about that. And, you know, there are very good players. The 49ers have experience on their side. It's the fourth NFC title game they're in, and they're playing at home. And, you know, I think that they're going to, I think the, the most 
the worst thing that could have happened to the Lions is that the 49ers had to be scared a little bit last week because they had a three-week layoff between games because they arrested their starters in the season. They did. They were in finale. I, mean, I think the they weather was, I, I, I think it was the weather. Purdy struggled to hold the ball. I think yes. that was probably the single biggest difference. Yeah, they lose Debo Samuel too. Who knows if he'll play in this game, but they lost early yeah, in the he game. Makes, he makes a big difference. Yeah, they do have a lot of talent. They'd be like the Lions without St. Brown, right? I mean, that's yeah. a big, big difference. But that's the thing that, that I think they got a little shook, you know, in that game. And that's gonna hey, we almost got embarrassed here. We almost got bounced by the seventh seed in our first game. Yeah. And then you call into the and then they're facing all the questions of wow, should you have rested the starters? That always comes up. No, for sure, that. for sure. But Green Bay went in and, and just smacked Dallas and the way they finished the season and the way love has been looking. Anybody that, that really watches football would, no, would no. It would not Their fans, whatever. But I'm just talking about the people around the country that know football and watch football. That's it wasn't I try to tell people going into that game, Green Bay, and Jordan Love is good. Love Jordan Green, Love. Well, he's got a lot of he's got that he's got the skill to be the next great quarterback in the NFC. I mean, we'll see if he gets there or not. Man. We'll see. And and they got a really good coach and they're they're a young, talented team. That was that got hot at the end of the season. They were all like the Lions were last year. They were kind of the way they finished. They just happened to get into the playoffs, where the Lions missed missed out because of a head to head or whatever, right? With the with the Seahawks. So it reminded me a lot of that. The Lions might have done similar damage last year. Might have won their first playoff game, and then you know, given them given somebody else a really good chance and lost at the end. They kind of had that feel too. Anyway, all right. Your uh, head not win Saturday. Saturday, yeah. And you're on one of those bigger planes that Delta swapped out to accommodate all these people trying to get out there? I'm flying private just on my own plane, Sean. I'm just going to be going. Do you and the pilot? Just me. I, he gets. He lets me fly a little bit. Or, so. Okay, good. Or is it two pilots? Because it's cross country. You might want two. Do you remember the movie Ford vs. Ferrari? Was it, uh, was it uh, Carol Shelby like takes over the plane and they're like, oh, I, that's fine. I flew bombers in the, in the war. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, whoa. <laughs> he buzzes the crowd. That's nice that you're going to fly private. I, I like that. Yeah. I like that. You're going to detour to LA and grip your shoes? I already have my shoes. I'm just going to heal a drop from about 30,000 feet and just poof. Go right into center. Tom Cruise style. That's awesome. All right. Yeah. Listen, we're going to get back to work here in Nolan Park. We're going to join y'all from uh, Santa Clara. The Levi Stadium, where the San Francisco 49ers played post game, and we'll either be talking about, oh my goodness, the first Super Bowl ever for the Lions, or the end of a, a very good season. Yeah, we'll see. One of the two. One of the two. Yeah, neither of them bad. So, all right, thanks for joining us. We hey, we know who we thank. We thank Robin Sham. Do we need to thank anybody else? I don't think so. This is a shorter version of the the, the pod here. Oh, we can thank Kirkland Crawford and Coach Matt, all the executive producers, as and producer. Nicole Avery Nichols, who's the most. Can't forget her. She signs signs the check. She does. She says. So thank y'all. Thanks for listening. Find us wherever you find your favorite pods. Brad, rate us, subscribe, all that good stuff. Until uh, what Sunday, Sunday night. night? Sunday night when we're back with more free post sports with the Carlson Show. Mm-hmm.